Welcome to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. In this episode, you will hear Senior Manager of Individual Giving, Ari Lipsky, in conversation with Corte Ballet dancer Nathaniel Remes. This episode was recorded on Sunday, April 28, 2019, before a performance of John Newmeyer's The Little Mermaid. Hope you enjoy. Hi, everybody. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for coming to our final performance of The Little Mermaid. Welcome to our Meet the Artist interview. Uh, I'm Ari Lipsky. I'm the Senior Manager of Individual Giving at San Francisco Ballet. And we are here to meet our artist, Nathaniel Remes. Please welcome him. Hey, guys. So, Nathaniel, thank you for being here. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about how you got your start in ballet? Um, start in ballet. I was about four years old. I have an older sister. So, you know, I was a studio rat. They said sign them up. <laughs> and uh, I've been doing it ever since. And that was in Washington, D.C.? Yeah, I was born and raised in Washington, D.C. And I trained at the Maryland Youth Ballet, which is just outside of the city. Great. Um, and what was your training like? And how long did you train for before you moved to San Francisco? Well, I... Like I said, I started when I was about four years old. I trained at Maryland Youth Ballet basically until I, well, until I graduated high school. I went to regular public school my entire life until senior year, um, doing summer programs all over the country. And I guess my, after my sophomore year of high school, I came to SFE's summer intensive program for the first time and went the three subsequent years. And joined the school after I graduated high school. Great. And so you uh, were in the trainee program for two years? I was in level eight for one year and then okay. up into the trainee program the next. So you were in the trainee program here before you joined as an apprentice yes. in 2016 and you joined the Corps in 2017. Correct. Uh, in the trainee program, I know that you worked with John Newmeyer, who is the choreographer of Little Mermaid, which you're going to see today. Uh, on a piece, and you had a pretty special experience with him. Yeah. Can you tell us about that? Of course. So um, when I was a trainee, we did a John Neumeyer ballet called Yandering, which is a piece that he choreographed specifically for students because it's a piece about uh, becoming an adult, coming of age. And it was the 20th anniversary of this ballet, so the school did it, and me and four other trainees got the opportunity to go to Hamburg where John works and he's the artistic director of the Hamburg Ballet and work on the piece with him which was an incredible experience there were I think five or six other international ballet schools that sent students so it was this really great opportunity to meet other kids and, and do this ballet and it was interesting actually because like I said it's a coming of age ballet and we did this gala in Hamburg, and the next day I got on a plane, flew back to San Francisco, and started um, as an apprentice. So wow. it was my last performance as a student. So it was very special. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. So uh, you've come full circle a little bit now. Um, so Nathaniel, today is the last performance, and you're not performing today. Yes. Uh, but Nathaniel has, for the last week plus, been performing the role of the poet, which is one of the principal roles in the ballet. Pretty big deal for a second-year core. (laughs) 
As an aside, if you had the chance to see Nathaniel, he was totally breathtaking, really amazing. Um, so John Neumeyer came here, and did he remember you? I, you know, I wasn't sure. I actually had kind of an awkward exchange with him because he, he was watching class for about a week deciding the casting, and I kind of resolved that I should say hello to him, you know, not expecting anything, just politely saying hi. Sure. And there was a moment where I was walking into the studio, and we made eye contact, and I couldn't tell if he was like, I recognize you or not, so I took a couple steps, and then turned around and walked up to him and said, hi, you know, my name's Nathaniel, I was in Yondering, 20th anniversary of Yondering, and, you know, I really enjoyed working with you, and it's nice to see you. And that was it. You know, there wasn't, wasn't really any, anything else to it. And so you found out you had landed the part of the poet. How did you find out? It went up on the schedule, I, you know. <laughs> I, had, I had no idea it was going to happen. Actually, one of the other dancers, Teet, um, said, hey, have you, have you taken a look at Monday's schedule yet? And I said, no, what's going on? And he said, well, you should probably go take a look. <laughs> and there it was. It's pretty that amazing. was it. How did that feel? Teet Helmets is one of the senior most I mean, members yeah. of the company. I mean, working with both Teet and Ulrich, they're such incredible artists. And, and pardon, Ulrich Birkir will see as the poet today. Today, yeah. Um, so that was just, it was so much fun because I got to pick their brains about the, the part and, and there's just so much experience between them and it was, it was really cool. I'm really lucky. <laughs> I'm sure that was an unbelievable learning experience. Yeah, it was great. Um, so how did you learn the role? Who taught you? So, primarily, uh, Katita Waldo, one of our amazing ballet masters. You know, we just, there's a lot of material because you're on stage almost the entire ballet. And a lot, there are so many tiny details, so it's a lot to remember. So, the three of us and Katita would go into a studio and we started at the beginning and we just went through and tried to get all the information that we could, especially because of how our season works. We actually started learning this for only a couple weeks in October. Um, so we had to learn as much as we could, can it, and then about two weeks ago now, or three weeks ago, you bring it back out and, and try and remember everything you can. <laughs> right, and so that schedule is hard enough for any ballet normally, but yeah. we actually lost almost a week of rehearsal. That was the, the, the fires, the, those horrible fires that were happening uh, up, in, up in Napa. We actually... Um, in our contract, there's a air quality clause. So since we're doing physical activity for six hours a day, it's not, not great to be breathing in air quality that's subpar. So we lost a lot of time that last week because we, we could be in the studio learning the choreography, but it just isn't a good idea to be physically exerting yourself. Sure, sure. And so how did the company and, and you particularly... Um, make use of your limited time learning well, ballet? Since this was my first principal role, I was particularly determined to, <laughs> to make it work. So I probably pushed myself more than I should have, but we were all issued face masks and, and uh, we just did our best to retain the information. I know I'm, I'm a very tactile learner, so I have to do things over and over again to, to really get it into my body. Some people aren't like that, but it was definitely a challenge. For sure. Yeah. 
For sure. Um, so you mentioned this is your first principal role that you've learned. Yes. Um, rewinding a little bit earlier in the season, your first principal character role, yes. you also performed this season the role of Don Quixote. Yes. Uh, which is a little bit different than the poet, as okay. you'll learn today. Um, so how did, uh, what was that experience like for you? That was actually, I, I found that to be quite difficult because... With the poet, it, it's, they're very intense emotions, but they're emotions that you can kind of tap into and, and figure out, whereas Don Quixote is kind of this delusional old man, which is not something that I personally have a lot of no. experience with. <laughs> so, so that was definitely a challenge, you know, getting the right walk down. My, my body hurts because I dance all day, but, you know, I don't have any, luckily, any big problems. So, um, it, that was that was definitely a challenge, but it was a ton of fun. I got to ride a horse for the first time. You know, got to. That was your first time riding a horse. I think so. Yeah, I mean, I, I grew in up in, front a, of in three thousand people. Yeah. So, <laughs> and and yeah, it was just a really cool experience altogether. That's amazing. And so who was your Sancho Panza? Um, Davide Acapinti was my Sancho. And you danced with Davide. Well, actually, the my favorite show was uh, when I was a trainee and hired into the company. The three boys that got hired that year were myself, Davide, and Alexander uh, Kenya. And Alex did Gamache, I did Dunk Hugh, and Davide did Sancho Panza. So we were the three musketeers you know, back together again. <laughs> it was really fun. Three talented guys. Um, so going back to Little Mermaid and mm-hmm. the role of the poet, um, you mentioned it's, it's intense emotions. Um, how did you prepare for a role? Because it is quite an intense part. Um, you know, it, there's a lot happening to that character specifically. Mm-hmm. So how did you approach that? I started by reading the original story of The Little Mermaid. That was a very important step, I think, because the poet's role in this particular production is the narrator. So I wanted to make sure that I knew what the story was. And then I went and did a lot of research on Hans Christian Andersen himself. He's a very, he was a very, very strange person. He's very socially inept, very awkward. But there are all these parallels between his life and his work. The Little Mermaid specifically uh, was written when a man that he was in love with got married. And instead of going to the wedding, he went to this basically an island and, and wrote The Little Mermaid, which is essentially based off of what, what he was feeling at that time. It's kind of known as his most autobiographical absolutely, work. Absolutely, absolutely. So I, it was really important to me to understand that emotion that propels the story. And at the beginning, I don't know how many people have seen, seen it already. The, the first scene is kind of, the prologue is the reality. And you see, you're at the wedding and, and the prince who, the prince was based off of a guy named Edward, I think. And they leave and, and he cries a single tear and catches it and then lets it fall into the ocean. And that's kind of when the story begins. And John told us that the tear turns into the mermaid as it 
goes into the ocean, and, and that's where the story kind of begins. So there's that transition from Hans Christian Andersen's reality into the story of The Little Mermaid, and I think that's a really cool connection. Yeah, it's really quite beautiful to yeah. see that as well. Um, when you were learning the part, um, were there any words of advice that John gave you into getting into character? Um, not necessarily getting into character, but something that was really important to him was the, the physical reaction of the emotion. He said that, you know, pretty much anyone can make faces, but especially when you're on a stage in front of 3,000 people, the people at the back of the you know, top balcony aren't necessarily going to be able to see your face perfectly. So I think one of the biggest challenges for me in this part was not only feeling the emotion, but letting that emotion come out in a physical way through my body, which is something that you know all, all dancers struggle with because that's kind of a, a base of performing a, a story ballet when you're, where you're trying to portray sure. such deep, intense emotions. Sure. Um, so the role of the poet uh, is not actually part of the story. Mm -hmm. um, it's sort of a narrative device. Yeah that John invented yep. to, it's sort of a story within a story. Um, so in reading the book and it, you know, researching Hans Christian Andersen, spoiler alert, they're sort of the same person. Um, did you find that made it easier or more challenging to get into the role? Because it's not necessarily there in the text. Yeah, I think that one of the devices that Neumeier uses is the poet's book. He has a book that he carries around with him. And one of the questions that I had for him was, does the poet know the whole story? Is he writing the story? Like, what's going on here? What's kind of the, the timeline? And he, he told me, which is something that I thought was very interesting and it took me a while to wrap my head around, that when you're in the process of creating something, it's in you in some sort of way. And it takes time for it to come into its physical form. But, but it is inside you in some dimension. So it was kind of difficult for me to find the balance between controlling the story completely and and there are moments where awful things are happening that, you, that the poet doesn't want to happen, but they have to happen anyway because that's what the story is, and that's what is going to come out because that's what's there. So it was a very interesting concept to try and wrap my head around, and, and I hope that I portrayed that accurately on stage. Yeah, I'm sorry you're not all going to get to see Nathaniel, but <laughs> you, you really did a beautiful job. Um, so you performed the part of the poet as part of not one, but two casts. Yes. Uh, and so you were dancing with two different mermaids, uh, yes. Wan Ting Zhao and Mathilde Fruste. Yes. Uh, how did you adjust or alter your performance, or did you at all, to dance with two different partners with two different interpretations of, of the mermaid? Right. Well, my primary cast was with Mathilde, and when you have a, a ballet that's almost three hours, a three-hour evening, you, there are all these little details that you work out between people. So 
you might say, okay, you, you count that part and I'll worry about this part and then we'll, you know, we'll be covered. But when you switch casts, you don't necessarily know who has those responsibilities. So it was just a matter of, of talking through it, asking them about their artistic choices. What, you know, is this a happy moment for you? Is this a sad moment for you? Because it's really important for the poet and the mermaid to have that connection because they're telling the same story. Right, right. So it was just a matter of, of having that conversation and then working out a couple partnering things. It took maybe about an hour to work everything out with, the, with my other cast. Wow. And, and we were good to go, and it went well last night. So That's great. Yeah. That's great. Um, question that I've personally been wondering all week. Mm-hmm. What's it like to dance with a stovetop hat? <laughs> um, well, since it comes off, and comes back on so much. There's no. Sometimes we'll pin pin headpieces in or have a chin strap. Luckily, the character is not very you know pinned up or anything. So if you knock your hat off accidentally, you can just you know figure out a way to to stay in character and put it back on. That's actually one of the great things about this ballet and this part is you know it's very prop heavy. There's a lot going on. Things go wrong sometimes, but. Since you're the narrator, you can just kind of figure out a solution. And in fact, in the, in the dress rehearsal, there was one moment where an umbrella got kicked halfway across the stage, and I turned around and saw one of the, one of the people, other people on stage that had an umbrella, so I just grabbed it and put it back down and went around and did, did the rest of the ballet. And hey, you're the narrator. Yeah, exactly. So I can, I can kind of do whatever I want within the story. <laughs> Uh, so, as you mentioned earlier, the poet appears in just about every scene in the ballet. Um, you also did two performances yesterday. Yes. Uh, so, what what was that like specifically yesterday? And what is your what has your pre-show and post-show routine been for this ballet? Well, yesterday was absolutely exhausting. First off, in terms of my process of preparing, I usually try and get into makeup and all that stuff as early as possible because you need to be in the right place. Well, you need to be physically warm because you have to dance, but you also have to be in the right place mentally because you start off emotionally at such an intense point that if you are, you know, joking around the dressing room or or whatever and and you try and come on stage, it's just not going to be sincere. So... I usually try and take a second and, and just really relax and, and think about the arc of emotions that I'm about to go through because you, when, you, when you get into it, you, you really feel, you know, you're feeling all the emotions that, sure. you're, that your character is supposed to be feeling because that's how you make it as real as possible. So I just try and stay really calm and, and think about basically the ride that I'm about to go on. And you mentioned to me a little while ago that at the end of this ballet, all of the principals have been through such an emotional journey. Yeah. And how do you, how do you feel at the end of it? It's, you know, there's, there's a physical exhaustion, but there's also an emotional exhaustion. One of, my, one of my favorite parts of the ballet actually is at the very end, you're up on the platform and the curtain comes down and you just have this big exhale with the, you're standing next to the mermaid and you just take this and it feels so good to I mean obviously it feels good to do the ballet but it also feels good to 
have done the ballet and have it be over. Well, congratulations. It's over for you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, what do you hope that audiences will take away from this ballet? Um, that's a good question. I think it's such a powerful story and such a interesting narrative because the way I see it, there's, there isn't really a, a villain in the story. I mean, yeah, the, the sea witch is, is bad, but the mermaid goes and asks him for, for legs, you know, that's, that was her prerogative. So it's, it's just an interesting narrative about how you can love someone so truly and, and so deeply and they might not feel the same way and that's, that's life and, and the emotional journey that the mermaid goes on through that is just, it's so, so breathtaking and special. So I just hope that people can enjoy it and, and feel that emotion with the, the people on stage. I think you've accomplished that, all of you. Um, I'm going to ask a couple more questions and then we're going to open it up to the audience. Um, our 2020 season was just announced, uh, I guess a week ago or so. Uh, anything you're specifically excited about or hoping you get to dance? Yeah. Um, well, Romeo and Juliet is by far one of my favorite ballets. It's got the best score. It's got the best story. And it was actually one of the first ballets that I was a part of when I joined the school. I was a guard in the back. <laughs> um, but there's also some really great characters, and that's something that I would love to tackle. I mean, Shakespeare is, you know the top of, of storytelling. So of I would love to, to take on any, any of those characters. And we've actually got a second Shakespeare ballet with Midsummer Night's that's Dream. True, that's true, that's true. I, well. I am embarrassed to say that I have not, I know the story, but I have not seen this particular version. So I'm gonna have to do some research and maybe I'll put my eye on a part there. All right, <laughs> we look forward to it. My last question for you is, uh, today is a rare day off for you. Yes. What do you like to do in your spare time? Well, today is just going to be resting. Um, my spare time, I love baseball. I'm a big Nationals fan. I know that's not a great thing to say in San Francisco. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, you, we, we get days off so rarely. We get one a week pretty much. So you have to kind of do laundry and clean the dishes and go grocery shopping. So the second half of the season, there's not much time off. Totally. <laughs> Okay, well, um, we're going to take a couple questions from the audience. We have a few minutes left. Uh, the only thing that we ask is that your question please end with a question mark. Uh, so I will repeat the question back for anybody who can't hear. And so uh, anybody have a question for Nathaniel? Yes, right there. So the question was, uh, have any changes been made to the ballet since the first time we did it, which was in 2010, I think? Yes. Uh, and now, and were you involved with any of the changes, if there were any? Well, I think this is a, an interesting topic because I feel like there are two camps of choreographers. Choreographers that make a piece and they say that's the piece and that's what it's going to be. And then the other camp is choreographers who think that the piece is always evolving, and John is definitely in the second camp. There were a couple changes that were made, a couple of choreographic things that he decided he didn't like anymore. But for, for me personally, there were a couple instances where he was trying to make sure that the connection between 
the poet and the mermaid was really explicit, as well as the fact that the poet was controlling the story and narrating the story. So there were a lot of little details that he changed, but nothing, nothing too um, drastic, I'd say. Got it. Anybody else? Uh, let's have you right back there. Did your sister continue in ballet? Well, my, um, my older sister danced through college and no longer dances professionally, but she does work for Lincoln Center. Um, she does grant, grant writing and, and fundraising. My younger sister, who's actually sitting right there, Aww. <laughs> um, is currently in the San Francisco Ballet School. So it's kind of the, the family business. <laughs> Okay, well, unfortunately, that is all the time that we have. I'm sorry we didn't get to any more questions, but thank you all so much for being here, and thank you, Nathaniel. Thank you, everyone. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. For more podcasts and other audience engagement programs, check out sfballet.org or your favorite podcast player.